Hello and welcome to episode 79 of Yarns from the Plain. As you may have worked out, this episode is called Madness. And I'm going to explain why and how I think I've descended into at least one of Dante's seven circles of hell. And it's all my own fault. Ah! Anyway, on that point, shall we welcome any new listeners to the podcast? Terribly sorry if I've just frightened you to death. It's not normally this mad round here. Well, it probably is really, if I'm going to be honest. But I like to pretend that it isn't. I, I like to keep some kind of veneer of sanity. But I'm losing grip, let's be honest. And when I explain later on in the show the point of, the, of it, you will probably agree with me. But never mind. Anyway, welcome if you're a new listener. If we are slightly bonkers, um, all we just ask is hang on to your cup of tea and whatever you're working on. And humorous. You see, you've got to humour me because I'm talking about me in the plural. And that really is sad. If you're a returning listener, you're used to the mayhem round here. Just budge up and give everyone else a bit of room, huh? So how are you all? I can't remember quite where I was, when I was, what I was doing last time I recorded. The reason why is that I recorded an episode for you and then took a little while to get it up, a few days. Then I threw in a quick brief message um, to talk about the hyperbolic coral reef in Manchester and sort of didn't really do a proper podcast. In between those two, I recorded something that I still haven't finished editing and therefore was originally going to be episode 78. It's now unlikely to be anything earlier than episode 80 and that's really, you know, with a wing and a prayer and an additional day somewhere sliced between a Friday and a Saturday to try and do the editing. So I'm really not quite sure where I am in terms of keeping you up to date with what I'm doing, but I'm going to start with the things that I've been working on. Um, I think when I spoke to you last on a proper podcast, I was on my way down to Oxfordshire before starting an Amy Singer workshop. And although I may have said some of these things in episode 78, The Brief Message, I am going to repeat them, simply because I'm not sure whether I did say them or not. Um, I made another pair of Sartu's booties, and I then um, finally finished them with a pair of uh, sets of buttons, because I'd forgotten to take the buttons down the first time I went down to Oxfordshire. When I was last down um, a couple of weeks ago, I delivered them to my cousin and his wife and their little baby girl. I held her for ages. They loved the booties and put the first pair on her and just thought everything was absolutely adorable. So I thought, right, you're definitely knit-worthy. I don't know whether I will knit her anything else, but all the right responses that you'd want from someone when giving them a hand-knitted gift, it was absolutely superb. So definitely, I'd knit for them again. You know, Small things, but I'd knit for them again. So that was brilliant. Rewinding a couple of weeks at the Amy Singer workshop, I used the Artisan Hazel knits in Chocolatier to start um, a shawl from her plug-and-play workshop. 
it was really interesting, a very simple approach, which I really like, and I've got lots of ideas still buzzing around my head for what I'd like to do with just the simple pattern I'm working on at the moment. I just haven't really touched it since, um, and the ideas are kind of swilling around in my head, and if I don't write them down soon, I suspect I'll probably lose them. Um, but they're bursting to get out, uh, and I just need to jot them down somewhere. I so loved working with the yarn that I pulled out the Hannah Fettig baby sweater that I'd started knitting in, a, in an opal sock yarn and have started re-knitting it with um, the other skein of the Hazelnuts chocolatier because it's just so squishy and lovely and gorgeous. I've nearly got down to the sleeve decreases but I've not touched it for a couple of weeks but it sits permanently in my handbag in case I get a chance to work on it. Um, I haven't but it's there. Um, I started, uh, whilst I was there at Palescence UK, I bought a skein of Fibersplates Vivacious DK so that I could cast on the Woolly Wormhead Mystery Hat along, knit along, uh, for this year. I've never done it before, so it's been absolutely a, a joy to do that. Um, started off with putting in a um, peaked brim, which is absolutely brilliant because it's not a technique I've used, but it's a technique I've admired with one of her other designs. The Fiberspace Vivacious is a DK weight merino, plump, squishy, absolutely gorgeous, and I've got it in a colour called Lavender Haze, so I'm as happy as Larry. I did the first clue nice and quickly and got that done before the second instalment came out. Ground to a halt halfway through the second instalment, well, just over halfway through it. Um, haven't knitted for over a week. Today is Saturday the 23rd of November. Um, haven't knitted for over a week, mainly because I've been spinning. So today in the car um, up to the northeast, because I'm recording in the northeast at the moment, I um, carried on working on that. So I've not finished Clue 2 yet, and Clue 3 has already been published. But I need to make a decision about what I'm going to do with my crown shaping. So I still don't know quite what my finished hat is going to look like. And I've avoided going near the spoiler thread um, since I've stopped working on it. Just simply because I don't really want to spoil the surprise. I know roughly what it's going to look like because I've looked at the clue. So I've got an idea from reading the charts. But um, I'm looking forward to a new hat being finished fairly soon. Um, that's absolutely lovely. And I've not really worked on anything else knitting wise. Last Saturday was Spinning Guild, so I, more of that later than the first bit, but I shall, um, I started spinning, or I finished the Navajo plying of the neon rainbow that I did in half term. I had the very last bit left to ply, and started spinning some samples that I've got in the last couple of Fiberholics UK bags. They are sample bags, and I've had two small sample bags, so each one's had five, possibly six different samples in, and they've been a mix of fibres and a mix of colours from different um, dyers, some that I know, some that I don't know. So there's um, one called Lime Green Jelly, there's another one called Porpoise Fur. Um, I am familiar with um, Mandacrafts, I've heard of them, and... Uh, She's great. Come across her in uh, at shows, and there are some others. I haven't got the labels with me. I did keep the labels, but I haven't got them with me, so I'll jot them down um, 
in the show notes when I get back. Or if not in the show notes, um, if I don't do it immediately, then um, I will get them done within a fairly short period of time afterwards as, a, as an addendum. Um, so I've been spinning that. I split them, the samples in half and then each of the samples in one half of them I then um, either tore them apart widthways or tore them apart lengthways to make shorter bits. So I've got some long runs, some short runs, uh, pre-drafted them all and then have just spun them at random. So throwing Saturday and into um, Sunday I spun pretty much most of this up and I think I finished it around about Monday evening I think or maybe I started the second bobbin then but it's big and squishy and fabulous and very colourful and so that's the picture that's on the um, show notes this week just really nice I just really needed this splash of colour so all any spare time when I have had crafting this week has tended to be um, spinning that so hence not having worked on the hat but um, that, that was absolutely gorgeous I must apologise I've just stopped for a quick break and done some editing and realised that probably because of the setup because I'm um, using iPhone headphones and mic I am sounding awfully like I'm sat next to Darth Vader so I do apologise. I'm trying to get as much of these little <gasps> breaths out that I possibly can. Um, but if I don't get them out, I, I do apologise. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Those last ones were exaggerated. Honest. Anyway, I haven't been doing much knitting because I've been spinning, but I did squeeze in a bit of crochet last weekend. Last Sunday, I went to the Manchester Museum on Oxford Road and knitted a tiny little piece of bleached coral for the hyperbolic crochet reef project that's going to go on display on Friday the 29th of November. There is one more open afternoon where you can go along on crochet bits. That's Sunday the 1st of December from 1 till 4.30 I think are the hours. But it was very nice, very restful. I've never come across a room of people that were so intent on what they were doing that there was hardly any conversation at all. <laughs> it was. I think some of the people might have been learning how to crochet. I tried to teach my husband but he didn't respond really which I think was a shame. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Crafty Nadine, who is a member of the Stitch Together podcast group and recognised me directly from my voice just from saying hello, which was a little disconcerting, but rather delightful, um, and made my husband smile because he's never seen that happen before. Nadine made a beautiful colourwork sweater. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it, I'm sure it's by Marie Wallen as part of the Stitch Together Crafter Library Craft Along. Um, crafty, craft Library Knit Along. There you go, I'll get it right in a minute. And she was wearing it. Uh, and as I walked in, I did look at it and go, I recognise that sweater. I don't know who, and I don't know why, but I recognise that sweater. So when um, she said her name was Nadine, I went, ah, that's where. That's where I recognise the letter from. Yeah, the, the sweater from. So very nice it was too. Anyway, it was lovely to meet her. She listens to the show, obviously. Um, she doesn't randomly recognise people's voices without... What a stupid thing to say. See? More symptomatic of, not, of, of madness. But there we are. Um, so I spent a very nice sort of hour crocheting this little piece of coral on acrylic that didn't seem to want to ripple at all and then suddenly did. Um, so I added a bit down the middle because it looked a bit sad and lonely. Um, 
there were some gorgeous pieces there, really big pieces um, that really rippled and really looked crochet-like, uh, coral-like. Um, and somebody had knitted some sea urchins and stuffed them. Oh, God, they were fabulous. Uh, and a little um, octopus and a teeny-weeny little squid. Absolutely fabulous. So I'll include some photos in the show notes because they were superb. Really, really good. Really enjoyed them. Um, so that was a little escape from um, the schoolwork for a little bit on the Sunday afternoon. So that was really nice. I suppose now I ought to sort of fess up to the real madness, oughtn't I really? Um, just before half term, I suddenly found myself buying a large box of British fibre prepared combed tops. And when I mean a large box, I mean something approaching five kilos. Plus, with the yarn that I bought from Laxton's from Yarndale, plus some four-ply yarn that I bought from Texair, plus some old stuff that I had kicking around that had been dyed about three years ago, I started playing. But playing with an intent. It was our guild members day on Saturday, just gone, and there was a bring and buy sale. So what that meant was that you could bring anything you wanted to actually sell as opposed to things that you'd put on the donation table for people to pick up for a, a few pence. Um, but to sell properly and make a 10% donation to the guild to do so. And I thought, do you know what? I um, talked and talked and talked to my husband and to a couple of friends over the years, for nearly four years now, about trying my hand at dyeing. And back in 2010, I actually tried some and absolutely loathed colours. I, I loathed what I came up with with some protein dyes. Um, but I thought, well, let's have a go with some fibre. I'd, I'd liked what I'd done um, when I was prepping stuff last year, ready for the for trying to spin some of the... Um, cushions and play around with things like that so I thought well let's let's just give it a go and see what happens and so I dyed quite a bit of it I didn't dye all of it but I dyed most of the Laxton's yarn none of the Texair um, although I have done a ton this week um, and maybe about three kilos of fibre so the day the night before the guild saw me plaiting lots of it up and sticking little labels on and my husband helped um, he'd come into the conservatory every now and again and sellotape labels on the knitted bra uh, the, the plaited braids for me or on the yarns and I took them along on Saturday morning I felt I'd price them sort of competitively with with some of the smaller indie dyers um, I suspect you know with the people who aren't trying to make it their sole living it's a bit different when you're doing it as a sort of a bit of a hobby as opposed to actually trying to rely on it as your sole income and I don't mean that in a, a disrespectful way at all but it's a bit different if you're trying to actually make it if, if, if the dyeing for example uh, like in the natural dye studio um, or fiber space is your sole income then you have to obviously price your product at a price that will enable you to live, which is a little different to if it's a hobby and you want to be able to 
price it so that you can buy new materials to make them more. It, it's very different. But I thought I'd sort of price them fairly competitively. But I also felt that they were probably unlikely to sell at the guild because I just thought that they would be viewed as too expensive. I was wrong. And I don't mind saying I was wrong. I hadn't even got them out of the box. They were being snatched from the table. One of them was actually snatched from the box before I'd even got it out there. Um, not quite from my hands, but almost. I had some left. The Predominantly the orangey yellows. Um, maybe people were more in a winter kick. They went a lot more for the warmer colours, the purples and the autumnal colours. But um, it went. Lots of it went. Lots of it went to the point where the cash that I walked away with was more than the investment in the large box of fibre, which was a shock, <laughs> quite a shock. Um, I'd also included in there some of the yarns that I dyed back in 2010 that I didn't like at the time. I thought they were flat and boring, but I thought, well, I'll put some in and see, because when I looked at them on the Friday night, they weren't actually as horrible as I remembered them. Uh, and they went pretty positively as well. I've bought some home, and I haven't done anything with them yet, because I actually want to reskein them. I didn't have time to reskein them to take them to Guild, but they really could do with reskeining because they're a little bit loose and saggy. So I thought I would reskein them and see how they, they look. I just haven't got to that yet. But I had some left and flushed with the success and the clamour and the please could you dye another one like this for me. I'm quite glad I've been making notes, although I'm not sure how repeatable these colourways would be because the initial dye constituent is recorded. But sometimes I then use, if there's any exhaust dye left, I then use those. So that's a bit harder to control. Uh, but anyway, um on Saturday night, I set up an Etsy shop, and on Sunday I put I, I put up one thing on Saturday night, and then I put some more up on Sunday, and on Tuesday I sold some things. Ah! Oh my God, how amazing does that feel? So I have tied some more, plus so uh, there is more stock to go up. There isn't very much in there at the moment, but I have actually dyed some fibre. And I've dyed some more yarn ready to go up. And I have got stuff that needs rescaining, so it looked pretty in the photos. But I have an Etsy shop. You'll not be surprised to learn that it's called Yarns from the Plane. It's original, huh? Uh, <laughs> but um, I'll I'll put the link in the show notes for those people who'd like to go and have a little look. Um, even if all you do is look at it and go, oh, they're pretty colours. You know, that's quite enough for me. I'm just quite stunned that that the reception at Guild was, was as it was. I've actually got a photo. I stood in a chair and took a photograph of them. It looked like a plague of locusts. Um, and my friend B described it as a gunfight. I think it's more like a bun fight myself. But um, it, you know, nobody actually beat each other around the head with a braid of fibre, thankfully. But um, it was all a bit of a uh, a surprise, uh, uh, almost a shock, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, for those of you who are interested, I'm aiming, although the yarn that I dyed in 2010 isn't, it's a merino nylon blend, the aim is that anything that I sell in the shop will be British fibre or British yarn. 
um it that's kind of my legacy from Woolsack. Those of you who remember when I was talking to Susan um when she interviewed me, I did bang on about it. I didn't realise how much I banged on about it, but I did. And then I realised that it's really important to me. So although I have some of this merino nylon blend that I will try and get out and I've got some silk that desperately needs rescaining and if I can rescane that successfully then I'll also sell that um but the aim is that it will predominantly be British fibre and British yarn that I sell um and I'm feeling a bit you know stunned really it's it's all a bit of a shock so so that's that um and then fueled with that madness I then decided to take the plunge and do something that I've been thinking about for years I mentioned to one person but didn't really get um much of a response so I thought oh well it's just it's not a goer it's not got legs um but then started talking to somebody else about it uh, a couple of weeks ago and just decided this week to just bite the bullet and do it so are you ready here's the other bit of madness amy from knit spin cake and myself are hosting a little knitting and spinning retreat in chester in february it's quite short notice we do know that and it is also small because it's governed by the size of the property that I'm renting. I found a house to rent that's got six bedrooms and the price was reasonable enough that if we only filled the six bedrooms with one person each, then I felt it was an affordable price. Um, I, I said it at £140 for three nights. That's just for the accommodation and then foods and breakfasts because I can. there's a little bit of money in there so I can buy some for the Thursday night meals and breakfasts whatever attendees want to do then for the other meals whether we cook in or whether we eat out or whether we eat out one night and cook in another night I don't know we'll sort that out when we've got the attendees sorted um, as will the activities sorted out we've got options of um, some day trips or just exploring Chester um, because I know some people believe it or not, I have never been to Chester. I can't understand how you couldn't have been. But, <laughs> but you know, not everybody in Britain has been to Chester. And, and also, there's a possibility, if people were interested, that we could look at possibly putting on a workshop as well, although that obviously would have an additional cost, to add with the, as with the day trips. So um, I batted some ideas around with Amy a f couple of weeks ago, and then... I looked again at the property that had caught my eye and it was still vacant so I phoned the lady and now I've booked it and I have to say that the places are filling up fast and I'm really again can't quite believe I'm doing this can't quite believe it's happening can't quite believe there are people out there that actually really fancy it which is just wonderful one of the people who's actually signed up to come is someone I was really hoping would be interested in it so that that's just delightful I'm just really thrilled I hoped it would be the kind of thing that would be up her alley and it is so the idea is it is going to be bijou 
Um, but there are, you know, there's space still, a little bit of space, possible bit of squeak room, possibly, you know, if you're prepared to share a room with one of us, because the rooms can be made up as twins as well as doubles. Each room is en suite. Some people have already requested they have a room to themselves, and that's fine. But other people have said that they're flexible. So if you are interested at all, it is from Thursday to Sunday, the 20th to the 23rd of February in Chester. The accommodation is in Huff Green, which is about um, 10 to 15 minutes walk from Chester. But I'm already doing at least one run that I know of from the train station. So, you know, Chester is about two hours from London and I'm... I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly sure it is direct from Euston. Um, it's on a direct line from Manchester, although it takes a while because it's a very slow train. You can get there from Liverpool as well. So it's and it's just a fantastic city. If you've not been to Chester, it's a really nice city. So I'm hoping for something quiet, relaxing, but fun with people who are friends that we just haven't met yet. If you are interested at all, um, then please contact me either on Ravelry. Um, there's a thread in the Ravelry group um, that's got the details in. And you can ra uh, contact me on Ravelry where I am, Tales from the Plane. Or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. I am taking deposits. Um, from people who have said that they'd like to do it so obviously that we've got that um, sign of goodwill and, and, and commitment and also if all of the places have gone by the time you contact me then I hold a, a waiting list because stuff happens and sometimes people do have to drop out at fairly short notice so you never know that you know I might be able to contact you but so far it's a goer and I'm well no not so far it's a goer it is a goer it's got legs we've got um most of the rooms gone already and I just can't believe it's happening I am so excited it's untrue I am like a child at Christmas I just want to jump up and down and squeal a lot and then jump up and down and go holy crap what am I doing but there we are it's you know that's my madness that is the madness that is happening here at Yarns from the Plane within the space of a week <laughs> the podcast has now grown to an Etsy shop and a retreat and it's just bonkers And relax. <laughs> so I'll keep you posted on that. And, you know, like I say, the idea is that if this one works, and I'm hoping it will, then there will be others. And they may be in Chester. And they may be at this property again, or they may be at another property that's bigger, or they may be at another part of the country. Who knows? Watch this space. Now, in terms of other bits of madness, but not necessarily mine, then um, I have a, a message for you from Jane Frogged on Ravelry. Um, and her name is exactly how you would expect it to sound. Jane Frogged, all one word. 
and she's involved in Fibre East and she sent me a message earlier this month and I'm going to read it out to you. Hi Nick, I'm wondering if you would be willing to mention that Fibre East will be yarn storming Ampthill next year for the festival in July. We need knitters, crocheters, weavers to help as we need miles of bunting to start with. Contact me on Ravelry and like I said she is Jane Frogged or on J.C.K. Clay, that's J.C.K.C.L.A.Y. at gmail.com. Thank you, Jane. Well, Jane, more than happy to talk about it. I really enjoyed Fiber East last year. I'm a little bit gutted that I don't think, well, not that I don't think I'm going to be able to go. I'm not going to be able to go next year um, if it's the weekend. I think it is because I've actually got tickets for the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. So I'm going to be at the other end of the country, assuming obviously that Glasgow's still part of Britain by then. Might not be, might it? Um, anyway, I can't go, but I look forward to seeing photographs and hearing reports from people. So get in there. If you are around that area, or even if you're not, contact Jane and see what can be done about offering something up for the yarn storming. Um, really looking to you know pleased to see that it's really made a fixture in the calendar there and i think that pretty much brings me to the end of this episode like i said madness abounds and i've got no upcoming events to talk about other than the pod retreat ah i'll see some of you in february other than that, until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter where I tweet as Tales from Plane. Go on, make yourself heard. <laughs>